irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I practice as an intuitive psychotherapist. I'm certified both as a Reiki practitioner and an EMDR. You can find me online at nolatherapy.com. It is the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And I have physical offices in both of those cities. You can also do Skype and phone sessions with me wherever you live worldwide. And you can find past episodes of this show and subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and on Google Play. I'm going to introduce my guest. This is her second time on the show. In just a few moments, I'll be bringing on Tisha Morris. She is a feng shui master and founder of the Earth Home School of Feng Shui, where you can take courses both online. She has classes beginning in January and in person with a class beginning in March of 2017. Professionally, she is an interior designer and an intuitive energy healer. And she creates supportive environments by utilizing space as a conduit for healing, which I'll have her talk more about, underlies her principles of feng shui. She's also developed a product line of essential oil smudge sprays. She's authored four books with one coming out, a fifth one coming out in 2017. And she contributes regularly to various publications, including the Live Box magazine. She is a podcast, she's a blogger, a yoga instructor, and formerly a practicing attorney. One of the ways she gives back that I hope we get to talk about today is that she's also founder of Feng Shui for the Planet. So I would love to have you come on, Tisha. Hello. Hi, Lisa. So so great to be back. It's so great to have you back. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. Awesome. So we have a lot of topics potentially to explore. I'm wondering where you'd like to start with our listeners. We are talking about feng shui for the holidays. So I don't know if if you'd like to begin with some basic feng shui principles or I'll just kind of turn it over. All right. Well, sir, sure. Let's go with feng shui for the holidays since that's coming up very quickly and, yeah. you know, most people might, might wonder what does feng shui have to do with the holidays <laughs> and our, our, our spaces tend to get really cluttered, just like our calendars um, this time of year. And there's always a direct correlation between our space and our lives. And as yeah. our spaces become filled with decorations or, you know, extra, you know, buying things and such, there is a direct correlation to the busyness that we take on this time of year as well. And so we already have potentially cluttered lives and cluttered homes and it just gets compounded this time of year. And so uh, I'd love to, you know, talk about some ways to kind of reduce that so that we can actually use this time of year for its really intended uh, intended purpose, which is the holidays, which is actually originally considered the holy days, uh, which is actually a time for more inward contemplation and going in, um, in a more quiet yin phase of the year as opposed to the yang phase in which our commercialized world would, would like us to be. <laughs> you know, I like when you, I'm going to piggyback off that, when you speak in your work about the yin and yang energies and winter is about the yin energy of slowing down, being um, more internal, passive, kind of still and quiet. And that's in such juxtaposition to the holiday season, which is all about loud noise and shopping and traffic and visitors, some of whom, you know, we don't necessarily want to see. And so, you know, you talk in your work about how to bring some balance. And I I love where you wrote about, you know, holidays, H-O-L-I, 
hyphen days, the holy days, and how in a lot of spiritual and religious traditions, this is a time where cultures and people do go more inward, but our American culture is so consumer holistically driven, you know that we're focusing on things that cause a lot of stress financially, emotionally, spiritually. And so how can we kind of tune in to that yin energy that is present right now and and quiet ourselves and become more centered? Yes. And I want to just add to that too, just one more thing of how important that this is and to not skip over this what's called the water phase. So in the in the in the same feng shui, it's based on Taoism, which is where we get the five elements. And the, this is the cycle. The five elements is basically the cycle of birth, death, and rebirth. And mm-hmm. it's made up of yin and yang, and but also can bro- be broken down further into the five elements. And you can the best and easiest way to think of what the five elements are are the seasons. Uh, so wood would be the spring season, fire would be summer. Um, the equinoxes or, or late, late fall would be the earth element. And then the um, actual fall time as it starts getting colder and the leaves falling off the trees is the metal phase. And then winter is the water phase. And that is the phase of death. And, and obviously it doesn't have to be physical death, but of course, you know, it does correlate with a lot of, a lot of passing during that time. But um, yeah. it, it really is a time of, releasing it's actually the water phase is the phase in which really we're closest to god you're closest to god it's it's um a time for meditation but but what's so important and if and what happens if we skip over that that we don't have the proper letting go and the proper reflection to really do what we need to do uh to stay within these cycles come springtime and really you know, spring forward, taking that that step into manifesting what we want. And so if we skip over the important part of planting the seeds in the the winter, we're really not, we're really doing ourselves a disservice when it comes to the, um, to the spring season. So just want to add that as just a little bit more motivation to kind of uh, tap into one's inner water element. (laughs) Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, And And so, yeah, go ahead. Go on. I was going to say, and, and the veil is thinnest between heaven and earth now as yeah. well in this winter water phase. So it's an opportune time to, I think, meditate and to go inwardly with how we'd like our holidays to go and maybe try to construct them in that way. You know, that's true to our own belief systems and, and values. Exactly, exactly. And like you said, it's, there's a juxtaposition in our society of doing just the opposite you know we, we're traveling we're seeing family we're you know all these uh, you know buying things all these very very yang activities um instead and so being more conscious of of finding that balance um you know obviously i mean the winter solstice which actually is the the epitome of the water phase is it's the shortest day of the year it's when it's the most the yin is is the most dominant day of the year and of course that's what our holy days are, you know, based around is actually the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so it is interesting that that is the, has become the busyness. I think it's actually a reflection of our culture of, you know, finding ways of distracting ourselves from, yeah. from going inward. <laughs> Cause it's, a, you know, it's a, it can be a scary, scary place to go, you know, inward. This is why we're constantly distracting ourselves. Um, most of us, um, on various days. And so what better way than go shopping? (laughs) You know, and I think too, hearing you say this, that people typically feel a lot of anxiety come up around the holidays because typically one is either with family, um, that they might not see throughout the year and they might not have necessarily good relationships with, or they, it highlights them being estranged from family and friends Mm -hmm. and they may feel a lot of loneliness. So I think it's just such a peak time and emotional experiences and, and hard to soothe oneself. So, you know, how, how can we address that in our homes and our living spaces? Yeah. yeah. This vehicle funks way. Yeah, because yeah, the holidays fits a real microsc- microscope on whatever emotions are present for you now and whatever emotions are from the past and that time of the year. Yeah. So if we l- look at our home as a metaphor for our lives, which because it is, it's actually a very literal metaphor, 
Mm-hmm. We can kind of see the see the state of how busyness, how much busyness we're we're taking on or not. And so it's interesting how, in the same way that we we add all these extra activities into our life, uh, we do that in our home as well through through decorating. And mm-hmm. by no means am I trying to knock not decorating um, because it can be a really you know fun and and an add to a home's feel and vibe. But, you know, if someone's, you know, usually we live in our home with the amount of stuff that we, that we, that feels good to us, perhaps sometimes a little bit more for those who need to declutter. Um, And then we add on a Christmas tree that takes up, you know, a fourth of the (laughs) living room and and all these other things to the space. So it's just like adding a whole nother layer. And, you know, one of the tips I give people is for each uh, uh, decor piece you, you put out, then you know, take one out uh, and store it back in the time being for for that while that decoration is out, so that it's not just adding a whole other layer on top of what you already have. Because, so you're not cluttering you know, up more. I like that you're subtracting so you can add something temporarily. Exactly, and so it just helps with our visual clutterness, which just helps with our mind um, and not feeling so so distracted. And with regards to decorating, it's, you know, don't feel like you have to decorate just because you're, you, you did it growing up or your family does it or, or even if you did it last year, you know, really be conscious of if it's something you want to do. And if you do, awesome and, and, you know, have fun with it by all means. But, you know, don't fall into the pressures of society that you have to have a Christmas tree this year or something um, because, uh yeah, it can be very stressful um, for folks and, you know, adding travel on top of that. And I, so I like that. Being, I like, I'm sorry, you finished first, Tisha, and then no, I'll say. No, I'm just you know, being very mindful of, of, number one, if you want to decorate. Number two, what you are decorating with. Do you like, like, like them or are you just putting them out because you, because, you know, uh, they were given to you as a gift from someone, so you mm-hmm. feel like you should put the Santa Claus on, on, the, <laughs> on the table or whatever the case is. Um, and then um, thirdly, does it feel like it's too much? And then fourthly, you know, don't feel like you have to, uh, now I'm getting into a little aesthetics, don't feel like it has to be red and green. Those are very, red and green are very, <laughs> they're, they're complementary colors, and so they, they are opposites, and so they generate a lot of energy. Yeah. And... Yeah, they can be a little startling. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, which, you know, being a yin time of year, you know, with it is nice to have some yang energies, which is kind of like fire thrown in. Which is why the the the, the twinkling lights. Um, you know, that's actually why we the Christmas lights are used. They go back to uh, uh, traditions with the because it's so dark, um, and them mimicking like the stars in the sky to bring in more light. So, right. you know, a little fire is, is, is nice during this time of year. But, to warm um, it up, to warm but, up the space visually and exactly, emotionally. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So I'm really liking that you're giving us permission to um, decorate as we feel inclined to because some holiday decorations are so ugly. And, you know, <laughs> to, to just you know, like give yourself permission to not, you know, to use them or not. And to use something like you talk about in your work in the color palette of your home as it exists already, you know, it could be flowers or something in the tone and hue of your wall color or decorations that exist. And it doesn't have to be this loud, you know, obnoxious plastic stuff that uh, <laughs> right. you, know, you might feel guilty about throwing away so it accumulates over all the years adding to clutter and and damaging the feng shui of one's space exactly so i like that part that yeah. that you're you know like tell suggesting that people tune in to what's natural for them and decorating or not for the holidays and it may be just simple like a string of white lights or i think fresh mm-hmm. flowers which are usually nice or like poinsettias you know a natural a natural decoration like something living yes 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 so what is yeah and you know yeah. if you don't want a big christmas tree then you know just put a nice string of lights on on an existing plant that you have um, right. So there's definitely ways to be festive without, you know, feeling like your whole house is being taken over by by an elf. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. What what else is important for our listeners to know about, you know, these tips for the holidays and how to have one's home in harmony? Or even what I wondered today when I went on a jog is what about when you go to someone else's home? Is there a way that you can, uh, I don't know, bring in good feng shui or to someone else's home if you're going to a holiday party? Well, you know, I think that brings up just, you know, general self-care during this time of year. And, you know, it's such a, it's such an easy time to indulge, whether it's food or like, you know, social invites. And again, more of that busyness and, you know, just being mindful of your own energy levels. And if it's something you want to do versus should do, uh, you know, our energy tends to be lower during this time and it's for good reason. It's like, we need to take you know, tips from, from the animals because it's a time of hibernation, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, time of going more inward and recharging the batteries. Uh, so that comes spring. And by the way, this is actually really for those living in uh, you know, Southern California where we don't really have seasons as much as other seasonal areas uh, to really be, you have to be more conscious about doing that than uh, places where they're, you know, snowed in for a week and I have no, are not able to get out of the house. (laughs) Yeah. So we have to be even more mindful to kind of take a step back. And, um, you know, it's a great, you know, for people, uh, for their work, like it's a great time for, you know, brainstorming and more of that idea phase. Um, Okay. Yeah. And then come spring, you know, actually taking action on stuff. And you talk uh, so about anyway. Uh, go ahead. You, you talk about too, like how this is a time when animals are hibernating, where it's in, in cold climates, and so our natural inclination is to, um, you know, the sun setting earlier. It's set yesterday in New Orleans around four thirty p.m. And my clients are coming in. We're yawning, you know, feel like we need <laughs> naps, and it's four thirty. So I, I hear you saying to go with that energy and mm-hmm. maybe even use it for meditation or journal writing or some more internal development type activities yeah. I think since we exactly. are typically more social yes exactly so do you have and any then there's other people who um well yeah exactly what you're saying you know meditating okay, cool. yoga um journaling sleeping more you know I all of these are what this time of the, the year call for now I was going to say for the, for folks who already have a lot of the yin energy uh, we all of us have a dominant um, element, and also mm. tend to tend to go towards yin or yang. And so, for those who already have a high constitution of yin energy already, um, then you know where they might be pr- prone to depression, uh, things like that. Then yeah. they will want to add more yang to their life, and which could be you know getting more cardio um, at the gym, like something that really. Um, you know, gets the energy flowing, uh, adding more string lights into their home, you know, bringing more fire elements, candles and, and, and things of lights to bring more energy in. So, you know, we all have our own specific energy and what we need to balance ourselves out with that. So that's, that's also such something a- to keep in mind. Yeah, that's such a good point. And in the show we did back in August, we talked, we spoke more about the yin and yang energy systems um, as they relate mm-hmm. to, to what propensity we have. So, yeah, that's such a good reminder. I like that you said that. Yes, it's hard for, to forget for you. Know, I know you're a big, you're a big fire, fire person. Right. And uh, I tend, tend toward yang myself. So uh, for people like us, it is we need to slow down, you know, and for, for those who are more already more water element uh, like then it's a time to, they will need to add some more energy for sure. Such a good point. Mm-hmm. I know also you talk about, so I, I'm just envisioning thinking of, of my home even and for an annual holiday party that I have and, you know, people tend to transform their homes to entertain. So you might lose some of that special personal space. So, you you talk about in your writing about creating a sacred space and the bedroom being a space that you keep as your own, that you don't add with clutter. Can you talk a little about that as we transform our homes to entertain, how we can also maintain personal private space that isn't just dominated by the holiday season? Yeah, that's such a good point because 
um, yeah, most, you know, if a floor plan is designed well, the, there's, a, there's a very distinct difference between the public spaces and the private spaces. Uh, the public spaces obviously being those of when people come over, they, you know, can linger through those areas, whereas, you know, the private spaces are the bedrooms and probably the master bath if there's multiple right. bathrooms. And, and so, yeah, if there's a lot of socializing going on, um, then it is that much more important to make those private spaces, mainly like the, the master bedroom, a sanctuary so that you do have a place to go to really, you know, soak in that, that yin energy. Um, and then, you know, for those who don't um, entertain a lot, then that their private space, excuse me, their public spaces may, may not be so public. <laughs> right. Maybe the whole house is more private, but, uh, but yeah, it is so important to have, regardless of what time of year it is actually, to have some area in your home that you consider a sacred space. So it's like a little meditation area or maybe a favorite chair that you, you know, can read with a lamp and read a book in, or it could be your bathtub, but whatever oh, yeah. it is, really, really make it your, a little sanctuary space. And you could even add a little altar with some of some items that are have particular meaning to you. Um, mm-hmm. If it's a bathtub, you know, adding candles, just really indulging, um, indulging in that because it's it's really representing your, you honoring yourself and your um, connection to yourself. Uh, that's what that little sanctuary space represents. And and it's like the, the phrase, you know, if you build it, they'll come. When you build yeah. these spaces in, as soon as you slip into it, you immediately go into a calmer place uh, because it holds that, that energy over time. For example, if it's a meditation um, little spot, uh, it, it, it starts to create the energy of meditation. And so it will be so much easier to, to, to slip into your meditation if you have a designated spot for it. Yeah. And I think smells and scents too can really put, you can shift your energy really quickly. And I know you have your line of the, essential oil smudge sprays. Is there one or two that you particularly like for the holidays during this time where there's a lot of yin energy to bring some balance? Well, it, the, the purpose of the smudge spray is to clear, uh, clear the energy and it, it happens okay. to have a really great, a great scent yeah. it as well. Um, but it is actually a great, great thing to have the, this time of year for, for if you do do a lot of entertaining and have a lot yes. of people over or have, you know, have family over and, um, and then after, after the, the, the party ends or the people leave, uh, yeah, it's always it's good clear. to you could clear the energy. Uh, not that people are negative necessarily. And it could right. be, something could have gone kind of gone south, but even if it didn't, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of energy in, in a space that, 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 that you don't really need to take on. We don't really need to take on other people's energies. We have enough to work with, with our own stuff, right? <laughs> Yeah, we do. And I know I like to, after entertaining or having someone visiting, just clear my space so it f- I feel more grounded. You know, like you said, it's not mm-hmm. that there's necessarily negativity that's been brought in, but but it helps me to get grounded again and focused on being in my home and the things that I do here. And so I think it can be helpful to have something to clear mm-hmm. your space after entertaining or family, friends, visiting, et cetera. Yeah. And speaking of, I mean, I've, I've, started to when I come home if I've been in a really high dense area I will smudge myself uh, upon coming back home uh, mm-hmm. just because of realizing the sensitivity of, of energies and so that it's almost like taking your shoes off when you come in you know it's like yeah it keeps your home uh, nice and clear of uh, of the rest of the world <laughs> yes so in, in addition to talking about the holidays as we are and the things that we can do during this specific time, you know, you are a feng shui master and you train both people and you work with individuals and businesses to bring harmony into their space. So it is a creative environment for them to live and work. So I wondered if we could talk some about that and your podcast that I listened to earlier on the Cosmic Trinity, which was so interesting for me. So is that okay, Tisha, if we kind of yes. go there for a portion of the show? Yes. Yeah, you want to talk about the Cosmic Trinity? Yes. 
it thrust me into action. Your your Cosmic yeah. Trinity podcast that you have on your website. And y'all, for our listeners, earthhome.tv is Tisha's website. And it's really beautiful. And there's a specific co- podcast about the Cosmic Trinity. Yes. So can you tell us about that? Yeah. So the reason why I love the Cosmic Trinity is because it really explains where feng shui or where the power of feng shui lies in the big picture. Because what I in my work, I began to notice that people often fell into two categories. Those who really didn't believe that feng shui works um, or those who blamed everything on their home. <laughs> mm. and, and really the truth lies in the middle of those two places. And that's really what the cosmic trinity shows us. The cosmic trinity comes out of Chinese metaphysics. And it says that our, our luck or destiny is made up of three, three different lucks, each given a 33% uh, piece of the pie. And the earth lock is the feng shui, uh, which also includes, you know, where you live. Feng shui starts with, with your city, with your neighborhood, with the, with the, the land you live on. Um, and then uh, it goes into the four walls from there. Um, okay. But yeah, the earth lock is the feng shui. And then the heaven lock is things such as your astrology or your, um, your, uh, in yoga, we use the word samskara, which is kind of like your karma, that karmas that you yeah. come in with or soul contracts. Past life karmas. Um, yeah. And so the heaven luck is kind of what we have the least amount of control over, so to speak. Um, right. The so transits and such that, that happen for yeah. us. And that's 33%. And then the other 33% is our human luck. And that's our actions. That's the choices we make, our free will. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so that we have obviously a lot of control over. Um, yeah. And so a lot of times when, or when a feng shui remedy takes hold. And what I mean by that is, you know, we declutter the wealth corner and suddenly the next day, uh, they go to work and get a raise. This happens ah. actually quite a bit for people. Yeah. Like as soon as they make a, a change, um, it like literally like instantly, something pretty amazing can happen, but it doesn't always happen, but it does. This actually happens a lot to my students who take my course. It's really funny Uh, (laughs) because they're Mm -hmm. they're making changes to their houses. They're taking the course and it's fun to hear um, the stories that come out of that. But anyway, what happens is when those sudden things happen, it's because their human luck was in place. For example, we'll take an example of someone who did get a, a raise, a significant raise at work. You know, they okay. were going to, going to work every day, doing a good job. You know, that's the human luck, taking action, right action. And then let's say I, I'm presuming, presuming that there was a really nice um, astrological transit going through their chart around that time mm-hmm. that contributed, that had to do with, um, you know, finances in some way. And then, so there's a 66% in, in place. And then they declutter the wealth corner. That's, yeah. and that's the, the last 33%. And that's when the feng shui magic really happens. Where everything so, aligns, it sounds like. And yes, manifestation yes. happens. That's right. Because otherwise, I mean, like most of our days are pretty ordinary. You know, we, we yeah. go to work, we come yeah. home. Um, and then we've had days like this when it's like, oh my gosh, everything comes together and you meet the perfect yeah. person or, you know, wherever the case is. So what's really cool about that is that there's other, you know, other things at play besides the feng shui, and yet the feng shui is, has to be involved too for something to really uh, take root that you've been wanting. Um, so it's like it, it doesn't give feng shui as much power as it should, and yet it gives it as just as much as any um, and all of the others. So it's really it's really cool, cool um, to think about, and and to think about your own home and you know, where, where is that 33% lying in your own home that you could, uh, you know, make some magic with? Yeah. And when you were speaking about, for example, decluttering your wealth, uh, corner that corresponds to the Bagua map that you would do with a client, correct. To overlay that in their living space, to know what quadrant, what region that even is. So that's right. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm using that term very loosely, and so I know a lot of people probably are wondering where their wealth corner is at this point, yeah. or where their wealth yes. corner is, or health, <laughs> right? And that's yeah. so fun. It's like Mother's Day is almost here. 
and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. There are these, what I think of as energy portals in our home that you know, most people are not aware of, unless you're familiar with feng shui. And they, they just kind of like the chakras in the body. You know, mm-hmm. They very well may be blocked. And you're, so you're not fully utilizing all of your energy. Um, the same with, with these, um, these, the Bagua map in our home, we have, there's basically you can just draw a big tic-tac-toe board over your floor plan. And, um, each of those nine squares represents a different area of your life. And right. you can see where, yeah, where the areas of your life fall within your home. And our home is basically just a blueprint of us and our own energy. Yes. And that Bagua map shows you where basically your psyche <laughs> lies within your home. And uh, for folks who aren't familiar with the Boggle Map, you can get a free copy on uh, when you go to my website and uh, a, a box will pop up to sign up for my newsletter. And when you do that, you'll get a free download with the Boggle Map and showing you how to apply it over your floor plan. And for our listeners to know that you work with clients both in person, going to their homes, and you also do that remotely, having them send in a, a floor plan, either, you know, drawn by them or, you know, in some kind of more formalized way, correct? So you can mm-hmm. work with clients yeah. remotely or in the Los Angeles area to feng shui their, their space. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And if I remember and, correctly... You know, fun- Go on, go on, and then I'll, I'll ask you. I was just say, you know, feng shui is, you know, it's best applied before you start having problems. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, you know, when you're looking for a home or when you're building a home or when you're doing a renovation, uh, these, because the floor plan, wow, is so huge. I can pretty much look at a floor plan and tell what's going on in someone's life and, if you can know this ahead of time and, and know what to look for and, and uh, before you, you know, sign on the dotted line, uh, you'll be much better for it in the long run. <laughs> yeah. And from our first show, from what I'm remembering, is that a lot of what you help your clients with can be done by by beginning with decluttering, that that's such a foundational and fundamental part of this process is to begin yeah. to declutter now. It's free. You just go and, That's right. and start, you know, doing that. And that in itself brings up the energy in your living space, correct? Absolutely. I'm glad you um, mentioned that. I call it my three-step process to feng shui your life. And the first step is the decluttering. And the second step is rearranging. And then the third step is you can add things. And so I came up with this three-step process because what I was finding is that clients always wanted to jump to step three, which is add stuff. And this is kind of mm. what people equate, equate feng shui with is adding a bunch of stuff, crystals, plants, right. mirrors, you know, all this stuff. And yet that is so not what it's about. Uh, and in our culture that we're in, you know, can lead back to the beginning of the, of, of the show of, we clutter our lives and we clutter our homes. And so it, uh, that is, is really this first step is removing, uh, which is the decluttering, uh, that which is no longer serving you items that are no longer in your highest and best, um, uh, best interest to keep. And really that's just wearing down on your energy field. It is yeah. blocking, uh, stagnating, clouding, claustrophobing, <laughs> that's a verb, Yes, uh, your life. And when you start to remove things 
it frees up the energy, it allows flow, it allows right. new energy to come in, it allows ideas to come in, and uh, it really is pretty miraculous. And, and like you said, if you don't do another thing, and, like, and it is completely free, a lot of times you can even make money because some people find money or find like these lost treasures or that they, yes. that they forgot about. It's really been fun to hear stories of, of people that find, uh, find things that are actually of great value. <laughs> so oh, you can even make money decluttering. <laughs> you know, and it, it's, it just feels so good to, to get rid of things. You don't need it opens up space visually, physically, and emotionally and spiritually. You feel it walking That's through right. your living space. Yeah. So I told you before we came live on the show uh, earlier, I was listening to your Cosmic Trinity podcast, and I'm just kind of sitting here taking some notes. And when you got to the part about decluttering, um, say, the whatever example you were using, it was literally like a fire lit under my ass. And I went running to my closet <laughs> with a garbage bag, and I started taking clothes off, scare my cat out the closet, cat goes running <laughs> out, because I was like, this is so important. You know, and it's always been remarkable to me in my own life when I've moved to a new home or apartment that might be larger than the residence I had before. And there's all this mm -hmm. empty space with nothing in it and how quickly I can fill it up, how quickly we can fill up the empty mm -hmm. space with things. And even mm -hmm. when I got my apartment in Los Angeles, my second residence, completely empty space, not a single thing in there. And now within a few months, it's full. It's not cluttered, you know, at all, but mm -hmm. just how we tend to have this, what is this need that we have to fill our empty spaces? It's almost like compulsive. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I actually read a blog, blog article on this. It's on the Livebox um, magazine site. It's called The Fear of Empty Space and Why We Clutter Our Lives. Oh, wow. And <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're spot on where we're connecting in our yeah. wavelengths. It, yes. it really is uh, a metaphor for, for our life. And it's, it's the fear of having an empty calendar. It's the fear of having to, it's, the, it's exactly what we're talking about at the beginning of the show, of the water phase and, and having to go within. You know, if we don't have all these external distractions, that means I have to hear my thoughts. And, oh my God, where is that going to, what rabbit hole is that going to take me down? And so yes. we metaphorically or literally turn up the TV volume, we turn up the radio, we turn up the social, we turn up all these, these things that are so loud so that we don't have to hear what's going on inside. And yet, that's really the key through which we will eventually find happiness um, mm -hmm. instead of just cluttering and piling on uh, or band-aiding our lives. Then that's actually what leads to overwhelmment. And I would, I would say the predominant emotion in our collective consciousness uh, Perhaps at least until last week, I think now it's just plain old fear, but it was um, yeah. overwhelmed. We are overwhelmed with so much stuff, data, information, um, everything. We are overwhelmed. And this is a product of years and decades of piling on things uh, for quick fixes as opposed to going through this, this death birth or birth death and rebirth phase and the yes. letting go the death the death is basically decluttering decluttering is mm -hmm. death it's a, it's a letting go and people tend to skip over that and to make it a little more practical this this water phase this winter phase that we're moving into is such a great time to declutter for exactly these reasons you can think of it as in terms of gardening of, you know, when this time of the year is when all the leaves have fallen and you, you see the bareness of everything, which is ourselves and our, you know, our thoughts and all that stuff. But, you know, it's a time of you, you sweep away the old leaves. And so you're, you're left with just plain soil. And yet it's that, that dark, deep soil where we plant the seeds that yeah. will germinate come springtime. And that's what we tend to skip over instead we just add add keep adding new stuff that's not really based in anything that we truly want 
And I think this metaphor you're speaking of right now, of what we're planting in our soil, you know, is what will grow in the future. I was reading last night an article related to that. As far as the earth, you know, it will grow poison just as healthily as it will grow mm. corn or any other crop. And um, it was like an aha moment that what we plant within ourselves, you know, be it something healthy or something unhealthy, either will grow and flourish. So we have to be really mindful, I think, about what we're planting in our ourselves and what we're, you know, developing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then, and that's making me think, you know, I read an article you, you blogged about recently that was super cool about related to, we each have a predominant, predominant element and how that relates to our clothing. And, um, so can you talk a little about that as well? Yeah. 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 I love, you know, yeah, I love putting energy in categories and <laughs> anytime, yeah. anytime I can do that, it's fun. And, and even just as something is fun and, and, and is our, is our wardrobe and it's, you know, everything we do or wear or buy or, you know, is a, is a symbol of us in some way. If we, if we really sit down and look at it and our wardrobe is certainly an aspect of that. So the five elements, uh, we, yeah, like I said, we each have a dominant element, uh, for example, yours would be fire. I, I get to use you as my fire example. Yeah, um, please. <laughs> you're two, two Aries. <laughs> right, I know. So, it's, it's, it's troubling sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever your dominant element is, we tend to dress accord, accordingly to it. And, and there's nothing wrong or right about anything I'm about to say. It's just, it's yeah. just interesting to bring some consciousness to it because a lot of times we – we can be over overly balanced in whatever we are. So for example, you might, you might tend to be too fiery sometimes. And, mm-hmm. um, and so a typical fire element person will dress in bold colors, um, a lot of like shapes and accessories. Um, that being said, people also, some of them have a second dominant element of water, which actually is an internal balancing system for them to, to kind of like um, fire hose <laughs> the fire, internal fire. And so a lot of times fire, people will actually wear a lot of black, which is the water element. And so water, yes. black and dark tones will be very calming for a fire element person. Um, it's great so. you're saying that because when I read through the different the elements and what kind of clothing might typically suit that element, I and I'm a creative also, you know, I'm a, a glass artist and sculptor, and you talked about a lot of creatives dress in the water element style, and I typically wear black mm-hmm. and say like red shoes, you know, so just like a pop oh, of color. Yeah. And as yep. opposed to a typical fire person, I don't really have, you know, large accessories. I like simple, elegant accessories that are well-made, you know? So I really related to that that water element style of dressing. But I love people who dress in, say, the wood element style. Like, I find that very cool. Yeah. So the wood element people are, um, they're, they're leaders. They're, they, have, they have a lot of flexibility because if, as a leader, you have to be flexible because you're inventing the wheel. And so there's going to be some twists and turns. And so you have to be flexible and um, very adaptable. And so this shows up in your wardrobe. So there'll be a lot of cottons, a lot of, um, you know, the, the type of people. I'm a wood element primarily, so this, this is easy yeah, to Yeah, you seem to, you know, my wood element. My, my, yeah. My wardrobe, I can easily wear the same day, the same thing during the day and then go to a party at night and kind of sit yeah. in. It's a very da- adaptable wardrobe. <laughs> um, and you're and then, a cancer. You're a cancer. So you're yeah. a water sign, but you're Taurus rising, if I'm remembering correctly, and Sagittarius. Capricorn moon? rising. Cap- Capricorn. Uh, yeah, of course. Cap rising, Taurus yes. moon. Yeah, you're, you're, okay. Um, yeah, so sometimes the, the, the five elements in Chinese, uh, Chinese uh, medicine don't exactly translate to Western astrology, although there are okay. some some that very much it's hard to get away with. Aries being one of them, Taurus and the Earth sign usually go hand in hand. Um, Virgos are almost always metal elements. Okay. Um, so there is. What about Gemini's? Cross. Gemini. I'm, I'm a Gemini sign. When are you gonna? When are you gonna ever figure out a Gemini to know what to put them in? <laughs> And I'm a triple Gemini, so I can multitask like no one's business, except for maybe you might outdo me in the multitasking. Because since we met your websites, there's so much more on it. And you've done so many more things. I'm like, okay, I think you have me beat. But but that's. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, I'm sorry. You're you're triple Gemini. I have yeah. Uh, Sun in Gemini, Venus in Gemini, and I forget the third. Uh, oh, planet. okay. So sometimes I thought you were Aries. Okay. Um, Aries. Okay. Well, that's a lot of um, that's a lot of mental energy. Yeah. So that would be hard to to um, translate with an element. You'd have to take. Take, take the formal quiz and see where you fall, but probably, you know, sometimes people do fall um, kind of across the board, kind of a jack of all trades, so you very well may fit into kind of a lot of them. For people who are familiar with Ayurvedic medicine, it's similar to the doshas, and there's some people that are considered tridoshic, and whether they're like a, even across all three of them, and sometimes people do that with the five elements, and you might be one of them. <laughs> Okay, cool. And for our listeners, everything we're talking about is in one of your books. You have four books out yeah. right now. So if, if y'all listening are interested in, in, you know, doing the quiz for yourself, go to Tisha's website, earthhome.tv, and, and order one of her books and take the quiz and see where you fit with what element you are and, and everything that we're speaking about today. Yeah, that's my book, Decorating with the Five Elements of Feng Shui. And, you know, the whole point of the book is just bringing more intention into your space and, and through um, decor. It's actually kind of the science behind decorating uh, for, for people who it ne- doesn't necessarily co- come intuitive. It's actually a very, like, almost a scientific approach to decorating. Um, but oh, it's also great. beyond, yeah, beyond that, really taking into consideration your own energy and what, what feels good to you or how you need to balance out your own energy. Um, so yeah, that's decorating with the five elements of feng shui and you, you can find that, um, you can, yeah, you can link to it from my website or you can find it on Amazon and, Amazon. and most bookstores as well. And do you want to talk about your classes that are coming up as well in 2017 for those that might be yeah, interested in learning about feng shui? Yes, I have. Uh, yeah. So I have the Earth Home School of Feng Shui where I train people to become certified feng shui professionals. Yeah. And it's about a 12-week course. I, I hold the online courses about four times a year. And the, then I do intermittent um, in-class uh, uh, opportunities, or yeah, in-class learning, uh, in which the next one's coming up at the beginning of March. It's going to be in, in L.A. at the Pacific Design Center. So I'm really excited about oh, that. Wow. So yeah. it's, a, it's a long, yeah, it's a long, um, like a four-day training and just really super, super cool, uh, you know, you know, when you start working with feng shui, I mean, you automatically start changing your life without trying I'm to. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just naturally uh, all that, that one would learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a very transformative weekend. Or if you um, take the online course, it's over 12 weeks, so there's time to integrate um, all the work. So that has its advantages as well to taking that route. So, so yeah, the, the, the online one starts, uh, into January and then, um, there's the choice of the in-person one in LA as well. And then in March, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. In March. And then also for our listeners, you have on your website as well, uh, really cool clutter clearing, nine day detox, an online course that's really affordable, as well as feng shui with the five elements, an online course. So you offer a lot of different things at different price point price points and commitment levels, which I think is awesome. Yeah, thanks. I, I try to be conscious of that because I want I want this work to be available to as many people as possible and you know, kind of set everyone else, set everyone else to, excuse me, set everyone up to win. And so, yeah, the, the nine day clutter course is only nine bucks. I would give it away for free, except for yeah. you're more likely to go through with it if you pay for it. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, if you want, want to start somewhere, you can sign up for my newsletter and um, start looking at the boggle map with your space. And by the way, I will also have a webinar series that's going to be starting up in January. It's not on my website yet, but if okay. you sign up from my, my newsletter, then you'll get the information for that coming up uh, down the road. And that webinar series is going to be free. And I'm going to be oh, talking about some really cool stuff from, you know, relationships at, um, to using your home as a manifesting tool to talking about problem homes. So definitely sign up for my newsletter to get, to get the information for that. Okay, cool. You know, and lastly, I wanted to ask you, because I don't think we got to it when you were on the show in August, but your organization, Feng Shui for the Planet, can you, can you talk some about that? It's a way that you give back. 
Yeah. So this is, you know, another part of my vision of making this work accessible to everyone. And, um, and so, you know, I'm looking to partner with organizations that are already kind of on the ground um, doing, doing the, the work of basically cre- just creating better living spaces uh, for the planet. And so yeah. whether that's with, um, with donation, donating, you know, linens to helping paint schools. So there's already tons of organizations doing this work and um, function for the planet is looking to partner with, with those organizations and bringing more awareness to those projects. Um, so, so definitely more, more down the road coming with that for sure. When did you start this? How long ago, Tisha? Um, it's about two years ago. It's still, it's still under, um, not under construction, but it's, it's, uh, it's getting its wheels moving. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. And just a, a, a last thought just popped in my head. I enjoy sometimes just checking out what you're writing on, on Livebox magazine and online publication. For instance, you had something in the last couple months, um, just really specific things, which I find helpful. I love practical tips. For example, mm-hmm. if you have a dresser, a lot of dressers are sold with a mirror sticking on top of it. Mm-hmm. And and you were saying that's one of the worst things. And fortunately, I don't have any of that in either residence. So, so far, everything you put <laughs> Put out there, I'm like all in alignment. Everything's good. So, <laughs> so I really like when you give these practical tips to people. Yes, yes, good. Yeah, yeah. The mirrors. Yeah, there's some things that like should be outlawed. <laughs> there's, <laughs> I, there's another one that I sh- that I should have put on there. It says um, mirrored closet doors uh, that were really popular, like in the '90s. Yes. And um, because they're usually across from the bed and you never want a mirror across from the bed. Okay. So if you don't do anything else in feng shui, do not put a mirror across from the bed. <laughs> okay. That's a great reminder. Well, Tisha, I really <laughs> Just trust me. Yeah. I believe you. So I heard show that we can talk about and maybe come up with another aspect of feng shui as it relates to, to helping people declutter and live more harmonious lives. Yeah, you wait to the uh, in the spring we can do a little purging episode and really Ooh, get into the great. nuances of why why people hold on to the things they hold on to and the, the the creative excuses we come up with of why we hold on to things can be really fun to work with. <laughs> oh, let's do that then. And for our listeners, again, you can find Tisha on EarthHome.tv. Thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Bye. All right, bye. That concludes our show for today. Next Thursday is Thanksgiving, so we will be taking a break and playing an episode of the past, but I'll be back live with another guest in two weeks. Thank you for listening, and I will be back in two weeks. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir.